Hey there, welcome into the first ever episode of this podcast, Brave in the Attempt. I'm Wyatt Spaulding, your host, and I'm a special book Nebraska athlete. And what this podcast is for is for Special Olympics athletes, coaches, fans, volunteers, or anybody who wants to know about the stories of Special Olympic athletes or just anyone with a disability in general, whether you're in Special Olympics or not. I want to get to know your stories of what you've gone through with your disability and how you've overcome obstacles you've faced and everyday challenges and just dealing with any either a physical disability or intellectual disability or someone that has a family member or a friend that has a disability how they made an impact on your life so that's what brave in the attempt podcast is going to be all about people like i said i'm your host wyatt spaulding um I'm a, I'm a special league Nebraska athlete, and I play basketball, tennis, flag football. Going to start playing some softball this year. And I just love sports. And my disability is I have cerebral palsy. And what that is is I had a brain bleed on the left side of my brain, which caused me to have cerebral palsy. I've gone through 14 surgeries in my lifetime. And not because of my cerebral palsy, mostly because I had a medical thing called the TH fistula, which basically my esophagus was not attached to my stomach when I was born. So I had like 14 surgeries in the first six months of my life. And my medical conditions have nothing to do with my CP. A lot of times people may think like, oh, that has to do with your disability, right? No. I just got lucky and got a disability with the brain bleed and all. And on top of that, I got medical conditions as well when I was born. So, yay for me. So, that's just kind of some of the stuff that I go through on a daily basis. I, you know, deal with having to struggle with the fatigue of using energy to have cerebral palsy on a day-to-day basis when you have CP. You use like 10 times more energy every day than someone that doesn't have CP. And then on top of my medical conditions, um, one of them is I have trouble chewing. I have to parade a lot of food. I can only chew really soft things like uh, graham crackers. I make these really good uh, protein peanut butter balls that are really soft and they're really good. So I make those. But on top of all that, I really can't chew a lot. So I struggle with that on a day-to-day basis. I've had some couple of uh, choking incidents as well in my lifetime, which <coughs> excuse me, which I might share on an episode, get more into detail about that. But anyway, that's just a little bit about me and what I go through on a day-to-day basis with my disability and medical conditions, but let's talk about what this podcast is really going to be about, and that is about Special Olympic athletes, or just athletes in general 
for people on an everyday basis that have a disability. I want to get to know the stories of people that go through day-to-day struggles with their disabilities, how they overcome them, and how sports helps them get through it. Mostly the organization of Special Olympics. Uh, Special Olympics is a huge part uh, in my life. Um, I don't know where I'd be today without Special Olympics. And I think it's helped not only me, but uh, thousands of athletes throughout not just the U.S., but the whole country. And without uh, Special Olympics, I don't think a lot of people with disabilities would, you know, be accomplishing be accomplishing what they could accomplish now on an everyday basis, just like proving people wrong. Like for me, my, my doctor said I'd never be able to walk, jump, or run, or they just didn't know if I'd be able to do that stuff. Well, if it wasn't for sports, I may not have been able to run or walk as well or be in, in good health, actually. I definitely wouldn't have been in very good health if it wasn't for Special Olympics because they gave me the opportunity to have goals and dreams to want to be healthy and compete in my sports. And that's what this podcast is going to be about. Like just the goals of that special Olympic athletes have and how they accomplish those goals, but also like what do they go through to get to those goals? You see all the time, um, like on ESPN during the USA Games, which is every four years, which I just went to for basketball in Orlando, Florida this last summer. And they show like the 30-minute program of these great stories of special like athletes who have overcome tremendous obstacles and now they made to the USA Games and look at them now like they're succeeding. And I'm going to have stories about that as well, of what people have accomplished But also, I want to know the process of what you've gone through to get to your dreams, to that goal of yours. Because it wasn't easy, right? It's not easy going for your dreams in life. It's hard. It's really, really hard. And I think sometimes people, especially people that watch Special Olympics, just think like, oh, it's just this great great thing. Yes, it is. But, you know, they always see the triumph, the, the accomplishments you've uh, made in, in your sports. But they don't really see, like, the practices you put in or, like, maybe there's something in your personal life you go through because of your disability or a medical condition or whatever. And it's really hard, right? It's really hard to get through that day after day after day and you know a lot of people don't really see that or hear about that they just see or hear about oh this athlete they won gold at their special competition or at the usa games and look at them it's great and it is great but think about all the athletes that go through the day-to-day struggle of you know maybe not being included or lack health resources, and it's hard for them to stay healthy. Like for me, I get sick a lot. So I'm constantly trying to like stay healthy, but then I get sick, and I don't get sick for just 
two, three days, I might get sick for a week or more. And then I have to get back into shape. And I have to try not to go too hard when I get back into shape. Or otherwise, I could get sick again and run down. So that's just a struggle that I face with on a daily basis. But think about all the other athletes that maybe face either the same struggles or different struggles on a day-to-day basis that you know no one knows about because no one's sharing that, like what they go through. And we all have adversity, no matter what. If you have a disability or not, we all face adversity, no matter what. But with the disability, it's it's different. Like you can't just get rid of a disability. It's It's there. It's there for your whole life. And sometimes people don't, know the struggles you really face like whether it's communicating or whether it's like people not even just taking you seriously like you can communicate just fine but then because people notice you have a disability whether it's intellectual or physical they just kind of like talk down to you and don't take you seriously at all just because like oh they have a disability so they probably don't understand what I'm saying at all no a lot of us, we understand what you're saying. You know, don't treat us like you know, we're brain dead. We're still human beings. We're still people. So just treat us like you would anyone else that doesn't have an intellectual or physical disability. So that's what I'm going to try to find the stories of, is those stories of people that have gone through maybe the same, some of the same stuff I've gone through, but also that have gone through maybe harder stuff and have overcome it. But I'm all about, like I said, the process of how they got there. And I can't wait to learn about the process of how all these athletes, you know, used Special Olympics and overcame their obstacles that doctors or friends or family said they couldn't do, and they did it. So a little bit more about me and how I got into Special Olympics. So I have a twin brother, Weston, and we grew up playing sports together. And I also have two older sisters, Jess and Michaela, and my parents, Rick and Mary Joe. They all played sports growing up. We all did. So I played, you know, YMCA sports with my twin brother, Wes. And by the time I got into middle school, um, my parents told me that I could not go out for the sixth grade basketball team. And I was pretty crushed. Like, it was pretty devastating to me. And I just remember, like, basketball was, like, my whole world at that point at 12 years old because... um. I played football and baseball as well, but those sports at that time were already taken away from me, like playing on a team. You know, football was definitely out of the question. My parents weren't going to let me play. Baseball, I have this thing. I think it's called like astigmatism or something like that. So basically my eyeballs shake back and forth. And it was hard for me to track like a baseball in the outfield. And so it was very hard for me to like be an outfield and I'm just like looking around like, oh, where is the ball? 
I can't see it. Oh, there it is. It's headed for my face, and I'm not ready to catch it. And then I'd, like, miss the ball. But, you know, so I couldn't play baseball anymore. And so basketball was, like, the last sport I was hanging on to. And when my parents told me I couldn't play anymore, I was, um, I was pretty crushed. I was pretty devastated. I remember just, like, crying and, like, begging my parents to let me go out for uh, the sixth grade basketball team. And my dad told me, like, I could still play basketball for fun, like pick up games at your local YMCA, but I couldn't uh, play, like, on a real team. So that was really hard for me to take at 12 years old. But then I found Special Olympics. Well, actually, back up real quick. Before that even... About two years before, I did know about Special Olympics a little, for like a little bit. My dad created like the one of the first unified teams. So unified would be like, I'm an athlete and then someone that doesn't have a disability. So like my twin brother, Wes, he's a unified partner. And my dad created this unified team for us when I was in fourth grade. And we played on that for like a year. Actually, had to find a team for us to play because there weren't many unified teams uh, in the state of Nebraska at that point for a special mix. But then we didn't continue it because I went through some real like medical challenges for like a year and a half. So I was out of basketball for like almost two years. So then fast forward again to like the sixth grade year. Um, I don't have a team to play on. I'm going to the YMCA every day to shoot baskets five, six days a week. Shot 200 to 500 shots a day. Did dribbling drills, defensive drills, ran wind sprints all by myself. No one told me to do this stuff because I wanted to be good. I wanted to be great. I wanted to have these goals and accomplishments. But I had no team to play on. But I didn't know. I didn't know how I was going to get back on a team. I thought my only choice was to really play on Weston's team and our friends' teams, like middle school and high school. So I thought, like, if I practiced hard enough in middle school, maybe I could get good enough so I could rejoin the high school team again and be able to play with my friends. But then... My dad and mom found um, Special Olympics in Fremont, and my coach, Corey Piercy, um, talked to my dad and wanted me to come out. And that's the real big thing. Like, when a coach says they want you and they need you, like, when someone says, hey, man, we need you, like, you don't know, like, what that feels like when someone says that because it's like, if you've been on a team all your life and everyone always wants you on their team, like you're just kind of used to it. Like, Hey man, come play with us. We need you. It's like, all right. But when nobody really wants you on the team and you can't, and you're not a part of a team. And then one coach comes up to you and says, Hey man, we want you on our team. That means the world to you to have a coach come up to you and say like, Hey, we need you. And so I found that with Special Olympics. 
And I remember walking into my first practice and I'm like 13 years old and I'm playing with like guys that are like uh, 18 years old, 30 years old, 20 years old, 40 years old. I'm like, man, I'm only like in middle school here. But it was great. I mean, I went through my first practice and I one of the first things I proved is that I could handle the ball really well. Even though I only had one good hand, I could handle the ball a little bit better than some of the players that had two good hands. And so my first Special Olympic basketball tournament, other than when I played on that unified team that my dad started, uh, my first Special Olympic game in like over three years, I started. And I was super pumped that I was started on like the JV team. I was really excited because I was like, I've never started before. I mean, on my brother's teams, I was just sitting at the end of the bench, never being able to play. And here I am starting. And I remember when Corey said my name for the starters, I just kind of like had a blank stare on my face like, okay. But inside, I was like, just freaking out, like, oh my gosh, I'm a starter. I'm going to play. And I remember my first tournament was at Boys Town. And I was really good at pressuring the ball. And I could dribble. That was about it. I wasn't a very good shooter. I think I scored four points. I made two baskets. They were both layups. And that was it. But that was like the beginning of my special Olympic career really and all these dreams and goals and possibilities just opened up to me <clears throat> and so that's what special Olympics has meant to me and uh, and just to a lot of other athletes Special Olympics is just, it's so much more than just sports. It's a community, it's a family, it's somewhere to belong. And it's not just for people with disabilities. It's also for, for people that don't have disabilities. Like we include everybody. And that's what I've learned through my journey through Special Olympics. It also has taught me, given me this ability to speak now, I don't know if I would have been able to do this. We would have asked even the high schooler and me, like the 16, 15-year-old Wyatt, if would you be able to start a podcast and then be able to give your story in front of hundreds of people? I was like, no way, man. I can never do that. That freaked me out. But Special Olympics showed me that I had a story that people wanted to hear. And by my senior of high school, that's when... I took this program called the Alps program and started to learn how to write a speech and share my story in Special Olympics and become a leader in Special Olympics. So that's just a little bit about me and my story. And I'm hoping to hear a lot of other stories through Special Olympics as well. A lot of athletes, coaches, volunteers, just fans or anyone that wants to learn about Special Olympics or is involved in Special Olympics, I want to hear about their story. And that's what this podcast, Brave in the Attempt, is all about. 
hearing people's stories through adversity and the process they've gone through, through Special Olympics, how they've helped them through that process, not only in their sports life, but it's in, in their life in general, through health, sports, and just a great community of people. Um, Special Olympics has reached thousands of athletes, and I just am a small part of that community, and I hope to share not just my story, but a bunch of stories of people that have overcome just tremendous obstacles and show that they are capable of anything, whether they have a disability or not. So thanks for tuning in to the first episode of Brave in the Attempt, and look forward to sharing more episodes in the future.